Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. Players scrapping in the tunnels. This feels like Miami and Notre Dame back in the day. Michigan, Michigan State. Nobody wants to see that. But everybody kind of wants to see it at the same time. It's one of those things. University of Oregon playing some good football. Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, his name is surfacing all over the place. We talked about it in the last segment. Uh, Brian Harson out at Auburn. Arizona State looking for a coach. Dillingham, obvious ties to Arizona State. Hasn't said anything publicly. But I have to think, uh, based on the inquiries, I've had two inquiries from Arizona State, people in the athletic department asking me, is he mature enough? What's he like to work with? I've only talked to him a few times. Talked to him over the weekend. But Oregon's playing good ball. That's what's doing the speaking for Kenny Dillingham. That offense, Bo Nix, 42 points a game. They're making it look easy. Here to talk about it, Matt Prem, friend of this show. 24-7 sports, a guy who has Halloween going on in his neighborhood, he's got children, his doorbell could ring at any moment, he's probably handing out full-size candy bars and he's joining us now. What is your go-to candy on Halloween? Oh, John, is this the go-to candy that I go out and buy for myself as a parent, because we all do that and we just don't give it away, or the candy that I pull from my kid's bag that, hey, you can't have it, it's bad for you. <laughs> Either one, you tell me. Oh, uh, 100 grand. 100 grand. It's the most underrated candy out there, and you can never find it anywhere except for, like, right now. <sighs> yeah, this is the only time of year that you can really get the 100 grand. I noticed, I was in the store today, you know what, what candy is the candy that's left over? Is the payday bar, the peanut bar. Nobody wants that bad boy. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of almond joys at my house, at, at uh, my local Dairy Mart and uh, Walmart when I went looking for candy. Yeah, hey, let's talk. Uh, speaking of candy, that offense at Oregon is looking pretty sweet, man. Uh, you know, Bo Nix, Kenny Dillingham, uh, the receivers, the running backs, Troy Franklin emerging, Chris Hudson when he's not dropping the ball looks fantastic. I mean. Uh, they are humming right now. It, but we know we don't do enough, Matt. We don't talk about the offensive line. Can we, for a moment, just talk about how comfortable Bo Nix looks back there throwing? I think that's the biggest factor for why Bo Nix is having the season that he is having at Oregon and why he could not have this type of production at Auburn because they couldn't protect him. And... That forced Bo to scramble for his life and at times try and make impossible plays. And to pull a a quote from Dana Altman, you know, Oregon's just asking Bo Nix to make the simple plays because they can give him the time to 
the defense and find the simplest throw that's out there. No, obviously they they take some chances. They they did uh, a couple times against Cal. One of them uh, hit Franklin in the hands. It just was a, was going to be a tough catch, but didn't and got intercepted. But we've also seen some bombs from from them, and they've trusted Bo to, to make the right plays there. Um, I, I don't have any issue with the interception thrown at the end of the of the first half, but you're right. The offensive line is huge, and it's a big reason why Bonix is having the year he's having. One stack allowed all season long. Uh, the offensive line has won four times this year. The offensive line of player of the week award. Uh, the only team to have more than four in the, the awards history, I'll bet it started in 2019, is that 2019 team, which won it in, I think, eight times for Oregon out of 14 opportunities. I don't think it's going to be hard to get to eight, obviously, for Oregon this season, but they're living up to a standard, and they're playing really good, and they don't have a Penae Sewell or uh, a Kyle Long, like a first-round draft pick that you look at and say, that guy is going to be a future NFL star. We already know it. It's just when does it get? When does he get to the NFL? They've got talent. They've got NFL talent, but not that superstar guy that we've seen like a Penny Sewell. Bo Nix, you know, he's on record. He said, you know, that he'd he'd like another shot at Georgia, and you know, he thinks they could play with Georgia now, score on Georgia now. Do what do you think would happen if they just just talk about the Oregon offense? I, I think they're better. They're 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 good for more than three points, no doubt. But how would they compete in that game again if you could if we could line that thing back up again now? I still think they lose. I still think they lose probably by double digits. Um, I, I I wish he had. If I was the head coach, um, I wish he would not have said those comments. And I get where he's coming from. Um, but at the same time, it's like hey. It, it's on record. There's proof. The offense scored three points. I think they would be a lot more competitive than they were uh, week one, but this is still a Georgia team that held them to three points. And, you know, all the characters in the game are, are, are the same. Some of them have gotten better, no doubt about it. Um, but I, I still have a hard time seeing Oregon win that game against Georgia. I agree with you. I think uh, I'd like to. I'd see. I want to watch it out of curiosity, but I don't think they are. Uh, I don't think they're scoring more than maybe twenty points in that game. And I think Georgia's good for a lot more than that. Uh, Matt Prem, twenty four seven Sports, is with us. The running back stable. The guy I, I I really love to watch run is Bucky Irving, and I didn't really see him coming this year. But I just love how he competes. And, you know, especially there's a lot of little things he does. He catches passes in the check down. And, um, you know, what do you make of sort of that running back by committee that they've turned to and how effective they've been? At first, I kind of didn't like it. Um, But I I think as the season has progressed and we've seen kind of the purpose for this, I mean, everyone still is relatively healthy at that position group. And that's probably the most important one. Um, and all these guys are bringing something unique to the table and have their little area that they excel in. 
um, and now it's 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 turning into you've got reliable backs no matter what. And I I feel like if Oregon goes into the month of November and one of its top three backs, or probably even four if you include Jordan James, goes down with an injury, I don't really care who they're playing. If it's a one week injury, if yeah, they'll be fine. They've got the talent to overcome it, and Whittington is a very good backup running back. Uh, Bucky Irving, I, I, I'm trying to not have hot takes about him, yeah. but I think he's the best back Oregon's had since Royce Freeman in the backfield, and I think the comparisons from a running style standpoint, he's not as good as LaMichael, but are there. You, you, can, you can compare him to LaMichael and just the way he was used and the way, you know, Oregon's using Bucky, you can see the similarities between the two running backs. Um, Obviously, LaMichael is a better player, but Bucky's special. He's good. Uh, I I think Oregon should be very thankful if he comes back next season because he's one of those guys where you maybe kind of don't expect it during the middle of the season, but as we're getting close to the year, knowing running back shelf life, if this guy's got, you know, a a draft profile that, that could get himself selected, you know, at some point in the draft, if he were to come out, I, I don't know why he would why he would stay at Oregon unless he's got some NIL deals coming down the, you know, next season. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I, I think you're in that discussion point where, hey, Bucky might go pro, and it wouldn't surprise me. But the good thing is, is Oregon's got some guys behind him in Whittington and Dollars and Jordan James that, you feel real good about for from a long term perspective. You know, you you hit on something there because you know you got you got Bucky Irving, you have Bo Nix who might be a one year guy. You got Kenny Dillingham who is getting a lot of attention because of what he's doing. Does this feel fleeting to you, Matt? When you look at it, does this thing feel like hey, the window's open, but this might just be a one year thing, and then it might be hey, let's see what they have next year, or how do you sort of view this group? in its progression? I think the Dillingham, if he leaves to become a head coach somewhere, is maybe the biggest reason to pause. But even then, I don't know um, if he's going to go right away. And the reason I say that is because maybe Arizona State calls him. I'm sure they call him and engage his interest, or a Colorado. But I look at Dillingham and say, is that the best job that you're going to get? Very similar to what Dan Lanning probably went through the last couple of seasons at Georgia. If, if you're Kenny Dillingham, I, I think the approach is, is yeah, I'm going to listen to offers. I'm going to entertain offers. Uh, I'll go through the interview process to, A, get practice for this, B, see what's out there, and if I find something that I truly think I can be successful at. But – is this the best job that I could possibly get in the next year or two down the road? And I, for Arizona State, for Colorado, no. I, he, he would have bigger opportunities, I think, and uh, places far better you know, set up for long-term success than either of those two programs. Now, for ASU, the question is, is you know, how dear and near is it to him in his heart uh, to be, to be the head coach at ASU because he grew up in the area. He graduated from there. You know, that, that could be the question. As for the players, I, 
this is we're, we live in the portal days, and while it it, it kind of sucks for you know college retention and, and understanding and, and getting to know these players, you know you're going to be able to find every single season starters at quarterback, starters at at receiver, skill position, to where if a Bucky goes pro. Um, or if Bo Nix decides that this is it and he goes pro as well, because he does have that extra year because of COVID, um, if, if he leaves and, and Dante Moore is not the guy as a true freshman, you will, you will have available players to go out and, and locate and bring in to have high levels of success. I mean, they did it with Bo Nix this season at quarterback. They've done it with Bucky. They've done it with Christian Gonzalez. Um, Jordan Riley at defensive tackle. Um, they've also done with Casey Rogers at defensive line. Uh, you know, Oregon's got multiple Chase Coda. You know, they, they've got six or seven guys right now starting from the portal on a team that's in the top ten. So that's the way we are uh, in college athletics now. Is that you can go out and quickly find a portal guy that's an NFL caliber player or one of the best players you know, collegiately in the country right away. Matt Prem, 24-7 Sports, is with us. Uh, I'm looking at the last four games of the regular season, all of them big. This week is Colorado, at Colorado. There's no way Colorado's beating Oregon. I'm going to say it. Dan Lanning won't. You'll say it as well. But yeah. let's, look at, let's look at the last three. It's Washington at home. It's Utah at home. It's at Oregon State. Of those three, which one is the biggest worry? For Oregon to possibly drop. It's funny we we discussed this today on uh, our Austin Audible's podcast, um, and my answer was all three games are basically in my eyes neck and neck and neck, and you're you're literally splitting hairs for all various different reasons. Um, we'll go in order. Utah is probably the most complete team, is the complete, the most complete team Morgan will face on its schedule. There's some injury concerns there, and, you know, maybe how healthy will they be in a couple of weeks when, when they come to town. But on paper, if they're healthy, they're equal to Oregon. And, that, you know, and then you go look at last season and what happened, and Oregon was not competitive. So that's probably the one you would naturally gravitate towards. But then Washington has probably the best offense of the three teams that you're talking about. They've got an elite pass game, and that's kind of where Oregon's struggles have been this season. Their offense is really good. Their defense is average kind of at best, maybe. Uh, and their secondary has given up a lot of big plays. And that kind of feeds into the strength of Washington. Um, and then the last one for Oregon State, why I think this is all, why they're all kind of equal, is that the Beavers have played Oregon tough the last couple of years, especially in Corvallis. I think Jonathan Smith is probably one of the better in-game coaches in the conference. And go back, I mean, you were there when, when USD came to town, and you know everyone that, that was at that game said, even though it was a smaller crowd, 26,000 or whatever it is that Racer can hold right now, it was a weird, crazy, tough environment. And what will that be like for you? If it's like that for USC, what will it be for, for Oregon? It'll probably be even tougher to play from that perspective. So my answer is I think all three of them are equally tough for various different reasons. Oregon should be favored 
in all the remaining games that they play this season. But history has told us, since the conference has expanded to 12 teams, no one has gone 9-0 and in conference play. And, you know, so history says that there's going to be a loss somewhere here. Um, I, I think if I had to absolutely pick one, I would pick Utah just because you have to give them the respect that they had last year for what they did to Oregon. I mean, Oregon wasn't even competitive. Uh, and they're the most talented team, and they're probably the most well-coached team and developed team out of the remaining programs that Oregon has to play. Yeah, I think Utah, they're so banged up. And, you know, in most years I'd agree with you, but they don't have that that Tavion Tamas back. He's not there with them. They've had problems finding a running back. They go to the tight end. Their quarterback is a star. I mean, he's just a warrior, and he'll battle. But defensively, they're just okay. And offensively, they're good enough, but they're not great. I love Washington's offense. Penix is really good, but Washington's not going to be able to stop Oregon. Oregon's going to put 50 on them. I yeah, think. their defense is not very good. Yeah. Their defense isn't very good. I, I, mean, I, I guess yeah. deep down, like, I'm not trying, like, I don't root for either team, what, what have you. Um, but deep down, like, I would love if Oregon is 10-1 and going into the final week of the season and Oregon State has two losses to their name, and they're 9-2. and two. And yes. we go into that game where it's the Pac-12 championship game is on the line. We've got Oregon State trying to get to 10 wins. Maybe if they win this game, they you know propel into the top 15 or top 10 in the country. Oregon, if they win, maybe if they do enough, at that point in time, to, to think, hey, if they can win the Pac-12 championship, they're back into the playoffs. They're, yeah. they're the four seed. All those storylines would be absolutely fantastic. And we had that in, what, 2009, a late December yeah. game at Austin. It's one yeah. of the greatest games played between these two teams, one of the greatest games played at Austin. Uh, I, I think that would be fantastic storylines right to end the season and kind of give a big shining star to the conference as two of its perennial schools, UCLA and USD, are leaving, that, hey, there's still really good football being played, and it's you know teams that are in the conference in the, for the long-term future. Yeah, Matt Prem, I, I love it, man, because I the more I look at that, like I'm, I think Oregon State could lose to Washington on Friday very easily. It's You could see that yeah. happening on the road. But um, I think Oregon State presents a, a problem potentially for Oregon. I think Oregon's a little more talented, but Oregon State at home – is they're different at home. They're nine and one. That only lost to USC, and it was very close. And they're just a different team at, at Research Stadium than they are anywhere else. And they will certainly compete in that last game of the season. Uh, Matt, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, have a happy Halloween with the kids and the family. And and uh, we'll read your stuff at twenty four seven Sports. And tell us about the podcast. How do people find that podcast? Oh yeah, absolutely. Just uh, search Austin Audibles. And that pulls it up on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Um, you could also go to our website, which is the uh, Duck Territory site, and you can just find it there as well. But uh, during football season, we, we drop them Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then post-game edition, and they're all anywhere from 20 to an hour long. So nice. we, we pump them out pretty quickly. All right. Prem, thanks for coming on with us. I'll see you at the stadium. Absolutely. Thanks, John. All right. There's Matt Prem with Duck Territory 24-7 Sports. I want more of your phone calls, 503-417-7575. Also, I have told you, you need to be here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. 
Why? Because if you're not here, it would be horrible. We'll be back with more coming up. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.